Welcome to the Way We Capture podcast. This is a podcast that is dedicated to photography and aims to provide guidance and support to individuals looking to improve their photography skills. The podcast focuses on self-development and also discusses the future of technology and image processing. Through the podcast, listeners can learn about various techniques, tools, and resources to enhance their creativity and productivity. The podcast also explores the creative process behind capturing stunning photographs and how to effectively communicate through photography and storytelling. Welcome to episode 16 of the Way We Capture podcast. This week's guest, Emma Chang. Art, family, and high agency as a creative is what we discussed. Emma is a Columbia graduate and education consultant. She has hundreds of students who she's helped build their success stories. Emma is a art education consultant, and she was raised in Hong Kong by her grandparents. She's also a UX UI designer. So let's dive deep into Emma's high agency. Yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really excited. Sorry I had to cancel on you and reschedule a couple of times. So. No, thank you for having me on. Thank you for being so patient. It's been, uh, I've really been looking forward to having you on and asking you some questions about art and just having a great discussion about life and whatnot. So um, I'm so excited <laughs> and I've been worrying about you. So I was just yeah, hoping you're getting better. I'm still not all too great, uh, but you know, you got to move on. So I guess we'll get started. Yes, Welcome let's to the do it. Welcome to the Way We Capture podcast. I'm your host, Zachariah Rock. Today's guest is Emma Chung and a dear friend of mine. I just you know, opened up in the intro about how and what Emma does. And I'll let Emma tell you pretty much a little bit about what she does. Emma, take the stage. Awesome. Thank you for having me on, Zach. And it's my honor. Um, I am a formal uh, fine artist turned a UX designer, and now I am a education consultant in the California area, uh, where I help a lot of the K-12 schools and students to kind of plan their education trajectory and path towards their college application in the United States. Uh, We focus uh, a lot around the top U.S. universities, arts and design schools, and we also help with some of their career and job trainings as well. And right now I am on Twitter, uh, kind of um, exploring a new territory, uh, experimenting with writing about education and starting with some um, uh, audio work, uh, spaces, podcasts, uh, interviewing creators and learning about how they operate in the online world. Emma, you are a busy woman. (laughs) I'm okay. (laughs) You are so busy and I love it. Um, So with... Recently, let's say this, recently you've had a lot of success building your network out. And just from like kind of a bystander's perspective, you are doing the thing better than just about anyone I've seen do the thing. Uh, your spaces are incredible. They're so full of value. And if anybody doesn't know what spaces are, uh, it, they're pretty much like little clubhouses for people to walk into and listen to others speak and they can actually request the mic themselves and have a conversation with just about anybody who's in there and emma is so fantastic at curating and cultivating a healthy environment for spaces and every time i've you know hopped in i've looked for just certain people up there and there's always wonderful guests and i'm just like how does she do this how does she bring such good energy and I think it just is a testament of your character and the kind of hospitality that you can show just about everyone in your in the digital world. So you are a pro at facilitating great vibes in the digital landscape. So I'm assuming you can do it in reality as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're too kind, Zach. Yeah. It's just I, well deserved, am... Emma. Thank you so much. So, so much. And I, I love whenever you have time to tune into our episode two. And uh, I actually stumble upon spaces uh, of X when I first come on. I always is a lover of like conversation. My favorite 
means of consuming content is podcasts. And when I was a kid, I literally had a radio show at school for no reason. I don't even know why. Um, so I was just really love having conversation with people and um, doing this kind of format and just kind of stumble on into one spaces room one day. And uh, I just decided to try it out. And uh, it's practice speaking with people and also like maybe future develop my own podcast one day too. But uh, I've been having incredible time with a lot of the great guests and everyone has been so gracious and just uh, so cool to share their knowledge and experience with me and with all of the people in the room. So uh, I just feel infinitely grateful and it's, it's really a fun time, at least for me. Uh, so I try to create a fun time for myself and hopefully uh, everyone in the room can join in on the fun too. Well said, well said. I'm just astounded at how far you've grown in our short time of knowing each other. Uh, you started on X, was it earlier this year, sometime in May or March? Uh, I joined uh, end of July. I think end it was around 25th or 27th. That's incredible. You have really, you're, you are a testament at you know taking action and building those beautiful connections with just about everyone who you come into contact with. So I need to take a page out of your book, but that's kind of why <laughs> I do this podcast too. So this is on, amazing. On the topic of X, which X space have you hosted and with a set creator? Which X space has had a profound change in the way you think and live your life? Oh, that's incredible. Wow. Um, I think, well, I feel like um, none of the spaces has had profound change in my life yet okay. because okay. I haven't been able to put it into action, but I have had so much inspiration moments um, from those spaces. And one of the spaces that I could say that uh, really stood out to me was uh, the spaces with uh, Kenny Nawaye, uh one with uh, Kimberly Scott Kay, uh, okay. and also one with recent uh, with uh, Sega Link. Uh, so these three episodes recently, I think um, what really infect, uh, affected me spiritually was, uh, if you don't mind, I can quickly yeah. recap. Well, go for it. Uh, where with, with Kenny, um, the reason why we connected was we talked a lot about uh, really finding your zone of genius and really honing into that in your work. So I personally really, uh, that res resonated with me a lot and that has changed since uh, really, really, I trying to find my zone of genius in doing what I do. Uh, so I, I don't do everything. I just kind of try to do what I comparatively do better at, and um, that made me a lot um, easier for me myself mentally and on my life as well. Just let go of the things that I don't force myself. I try. I'm still trying to improve in different ways, but mm -hmm. uh, really trying to lean into my zone of genius, uh, and from. Kim, I think overall the episode was a banger. Uh, it was one of my longest episodes. Uh, we didn't plan for it and great connections and inspirations came out of the episode. And I think we connected because it's just a true like authenticity that she um, radiates and her inspiring story. All of my guests has really inspiring story, which is what I'm really drawn to um, and their way of the world. Um, and with Kim, she has such an inspiring story as a woman. She's one of my first, uh, still at this point of day, my first female guest on the show. Really? So it's uh, it really hit close to heart. Yeah, I think you need to have more female guests on the show. But I do. I did tune into that one, and it it was pretty amazing. There was a lot of really insightful things about just I want to say spirituality and life, kind of getting on. Um, there was a lot of talk about love as well right yeah I'm, I'm trying to remember i was so sick during that day and i was like trying to Aww. mitigate it but um I, I just think it's incredible how how many guests you've had on not necessarily in it's it's more uh you are putting in the work of frequency and volume 
Like you're just, you show up all the time. And that's kind of one thing I've noticed of why you've been growing so much, um, both as a person and a digital creator is your ability to show up consistently, not just for yourself, but for others. So um, bear in mind, people are taking note of that, Emma. Oh, that's amazing. You know, sometimes it's good because when you don't want to show up, you feel like, oh, I have a guest on. I have to show up for them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's an extra, yes. extra motivation. But um, Kim is just uh, such a role model for me as a woman. As she's a mother, great businesswoman, and just overall human being. Uh, so, yeah, basically that hits heart home for me. Uh, I really love the episode. And most recently, I actually just came on this week, uh, past Tuesday with Sega Link. Um, <laughs> Sega is just a great uh, a leader, a, a person that moved the whole country of Nigeria, which is just incredible for me to even fathom and think about. And he's also very down to earth in terms of helping people and how his mission He's very passionate. And I think that fire can really affect you. Uh, very infectious. So I look up to him a lot too. So that was my top three moments. Yeah, when I, saw, when I saw that, that was a larger than life situation for you to be in. I'm sure you were just, you know, full of all sorts of emotions and excited to get to work in your own domain. So thank you for sharing that. that. There's a lot of insight there, actually. But how do you, because these people have such big audiences, how does that does that pull in a certain type of crowd or do you believe that because they're such high quality people um, and you're surrounding yourself with high quality people that they're also bringing in other high quality people or do you, do you experience any um, negatives as being a spaces host? Mm, negatives. Um, so far, not much. Um, it's interesting to, well, the room from room to room would be a little bit different um, depending on the guests. There will be some of the audience coming in, but I wouldn't say it makes the room very different. But I would say from each episode, like the vibe of the room is the same because I, that's is at least I wanted to make it like the um, the new day of Emma Chang podcast experience where we kind of focus on the conversation and the. The, the, the center of this conversation is have everybody learn more to improve more spiritually, personally, and career-wise, which is the topic I'm currently very interested in. So I kind of wanted to structure the conversation towards that direction. And I see that a lot of the audience who really liking um, the experience was uh, people who want, always are building something. They're either building something on X or personally. So sometimes I receive message of like, um, obviously really warm messages about the feedback and some really road amazing amazing long essay comments on how I can make the show better and everything so I'm just genuinely like grateful for how attentive they are with the experience and staying throughout the room we have a lot of audiences uh, stay for the whole time as well so which is I'm very very grateful um, and there are some people who wanted to have help in their careers, maybe finding a job, I receive DMs like that, or finding some sort of leads. Um, unfortunately, at this moment, I'm able, not able to help in that capacity. But I always encourage them to kind of network with people in the room, because they are, we're all in the tra same tra trajectory. And we don't know when it's going to be come to fruition. So I started to do this mini series on basically what my audience might need help on. And then one of the big topics that I put out a poll, it is about networking. So uh, people are asking a lot of questions about networking. So we did two episodes on networking the past week. Wow, the sun is <laughs> the past week is um, with a bigger creator. So they can share kind of their insights and experiences. And this coming um, Saturday is going to be with smaller creators like us. And uh, we can share more kind of, I think, more relatable experience and maybe like hands-on tips and workshop uh, people's uh, problems with networking and things like that. And I encourage everybody in the room to talk to everybody and uh, form some meaningful connections uh, from that experience. Yeah, that's always awesome. I, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I'm like, that's, uh, that's not a, like, I find that there's a lot of spaces on Twitter, but they don't facilitate, or X, not Twitter, it's dead naming. 
I find that they don't facilitate a lot of the true community. It's just like there's like two people talking on stage and they're not really they're not necessarily inviting people up or it's all like really a it's more information catered towards like two people chatting. Like I think Greg Lunt does a really good job at spaces as well. Like he he has mm-hmm. that, the louder podcast and he cultivates a kind of one of those like more community based. But, you know, something I've been getting into recently is attempting to build more community and actually kind of take the X side of things serious in terms of networking. Uh, I don't think I'm the worst at it, but I don't necessarily think I'm the best at it either. Right. There's there's a level of I, I have people who are in my network, but I don't know how to necessarily I'm like a digital introvert. I've talked to you about this before. I don't know how to like reach out and grab in more people because a lot of times it's like I, I may be operating at a lack. Like, oh, uh, my content's not good enough or oh, like my message isn't, it doesn't, it's like there's never numbers attached to it. So certain people are really great at looking past the uh, the the metrics, like the, the likes, the followers and whatnot. And then some people, it's all they think about, right? Have you seen the posts mm. of people who are like, oh yeah, this person followed me. It's so cool. It's so awesome. But then yeah. we're putting these people on pedestals and almost yeah. aligning ourselves in the um, the social hierarchy, which you definitely shouldn't do that because I feel like it's all just a mental game in terms of growth or starting a business on X. But how would you, if you were a beginner again, how what would be like your, the core pillars of how you would go about making more friends on X? Mm. That's such a good question. And I am a beginner on X. Oh, get out of here. Not anymore. I'm, I'm really a beginner on X. I, I'm You're such canceled. a small town. And, uh, and I think I'm, I'm pretty good with like speaking with this, this uh, context with making friends on X. Um, I think the first step is um, really maybe the mindset. Uh, the mindset, uh, I think we, we spoke is very important uh first is like how comfortable a bit um with yourself um first is inner work and then uh, the second one is the mindset of not maybe it's because i grew up buddhist so one of the philosophy is that uh not put any attach any outcome uh to who you're pursuing mm-hmm. so the attachment so um the idea was not anybody is going to connect with you and that's okay so every olive branch that you reach out might not came to fruition and that's also okay and not anyone just like dating not going to vibe with you um, if you reach out to have a guest on um, it may not be the best fit Uh, it's also okay so kind of mm, having that mindset at least I think it it helps me and uh, I also spoke to people at least for me with my guest uh, every single one of them, uh, we really have a, not just a connection, but maybe common acknowledgement of each other, uh, really respect each other's work. And um, yeah, I think certain guests might vibe with uh, me or another person more than uh, another person. I would just have to say, doesn't have to be everybody have to have the same person on their show just because they are that account. But I think more inspiring conversation will come out of your if you're truly aligned with each other. And that would make even better show and even for your audience. Because I think what, at least for me, what I want to learn out of the conversation is less about who is on, but it's more about the conversation and what come out of it as a listener. So um, so I feel like that alignment with the host and, um, and, and the guest is very important. So don't have to stress and force that you feel like you have to have this person on and you know and give that stress to yourself but focusing on this the best alignment um and me and Kimberly t- talk a lot about this where when we feel most aligned and comfortable um just magic just happens and I do believe that with a lot of my guests uh a lot of them I, I generally just connected um there was no like big secret to it um and then I think that would comes with genuine trust and a good conversation. And people, I think, would probably feel it uh, when they're listening in too. Um, I did get some DMs and 
they say you speak like your friends and uh, we do treat each other like like friends um so i think that's just be true truthful with yourself and um if this person is fit for you and just be honest with that and then the second i guess just comes into um making friends right so like uh, i think it's um, i guess making online friends to me doesn't um differ much from making real life friends to no, be no, honest I, I approach it the same way to be honest we're all if just human in real life exactly if you see me in real life i'm i would say i'm probably almost the, the same person as you see me online so in real life i'm just really friendly and like connecting with people but i think also putting in the reps is big right so maybe if you wanted to practice to make friends just like in real life maybe you could put yourself in even scarier situations where you have to go uh, i don't know in a meetup and to meet strangers or if you're gonna go out to date to talk to girls i mean just put yourself in more difficult situations in real life obviously that difficulties would be higher than talking to people online but then if you can do that in real life then online would seem really just easy. piece of cake yeah, exactly. piece of cake for you i would just say getting the reps in real life every day and i think that would help a lot that was great advice. You know, stay stay in alignment, put the reps in, and speak the truth. And yes, I think more people need to hear that specifically. And because, tune into your feelings yeah. of what you feel about a person. Like if I hear somebody in a space and I really resonate with them or just their content, then I feel like I may resonate with this person, and then I might reach out to see if there's any connection to be made. And usually, a lot of the times, if you keep practicing intuition, which means being just tuned in and truthful about your feelings. And then that will become sharper and sharper, which means whenever you reach out, uh, it's pretty likely those connection will be made um, depending how you approach it. But I think practicing that intuition of like listening to people, how they speak to see if, uh, if this is in alignment with you uh, can be pretty beneficial. It's, uh, it's almost like you have uh, the infectious positivity, right? That's what we're, positive people are constantly looking for is other positive people to keep spreading the positivity bug. And the same goes for negativity. So it seems like it's like an energetic response and how you deal with uh, reaching out to somebody. Like if, if you're overtaken by emotion, you kind of, you're like, I want to know that person right now. Yes. It's so stressful. Uh, like I get stressed out. Because um, I get also DM, I'm so small, but I can't imagine what the big creators would get, right, in their DMs and things. Yeah. I even get some DMs sometimes and just, it really stressed me out. <laughs> and I'm, I, I, I would say I am pretty friendly to most people as well. And some DM does stress me out. So in terms of the big creators, I can see how, like how put off it could be yeah um so just also being aware of like what energy you're putting out as well you get a lot of cold dms on x of just people trying to sell you services and products uh yes yes yeah. and i also get some random ones that uh i just kind of like <laughs> okay how do you are you do you attempt to like when people send you like cold DMs like that, do you try to reach out and have a connection with them or are you just ignoring it? Oh, if somebody is like, um, if I can tell it's a message to me and not a mass mass DM, I will, I will, I will respond to see, say, how are you? And if they have a specific question and they really, really relate to like a specific experience I've been through, like yesterday I had um, somebody who related to my, immigrant experience for coming to America and then having to be I left America and go back to my home country she really related to that and she was actually experiencing this right now and then I think later after we end this I'm gonna write her like a long message replying to that so um, I think just be genuine with that because um, with some messages if they are asking me for a job or ask me for money that yeah. <laughs> I can't really help them. So, exactly. mm, so sometimes I ignore it. Sometimes I really reply them. I just say, sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> and then, um, 
Yes. And sometimes, to be honest, it's, I laughed about it one time was uh, for people who are really like sent me messages, maybe 10, 20 in a row, if I didn't see it, then I would say that um, I, I would love to engage, but I might have to block you because it's just stressing me out. What? So I actually tell I actually tell them why before I'm going to block them because I wouldn't want to engage, but after with the 20 messages, I just feel really emotionally stressed. So mm-hmm. I just have to block them. I'm sorry. I yeah. told them before I block them. To everyone and, out there, Emma's sorry for blocking. I'm sorry. But Don't I was cold DM. You most likely. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yes. I'm sure being a uh, Spaces host, you you get all sorts of DMs, right? Everybody talks about Spaces being one of the fastest ways to grow on X. Do you believe that that's true? Um, I'm not really sure. Okay, oh, that's fine. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, because um, for me, it's not like I'm grown so. Because I also have friends who have grown so incredibly fast without doing one space. They just write, mm-hmm. right, and just do the engaging, and they grow faster than me. So um, I really don't see it as like fastest growing things is that space. Um, for me, it's just. I really enjoy audio. That's my maybe a part of my mm-hmm. uh, zone of genius. What I like to do, so that's why I do it more. I probably should write more, engage more. Uh, I need to work on that. Um, so I don't know if, if it's fast growing because I do see the opposite. You know, so maybe just doing what works for you and what you love to do. Because I have friends who just love writing and they just write, yep. show up every day. They write so much and really good, and they grow really really fast um, as well. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. And not a lot of people DM me, actually. Uh, and uh, I hope this isn't really? like start of a train. But uh, I DM people more because I am uh, telling them what's the upcoming uh, episode. So I, I give them kind of like a, a heads up when something is about to go live. So I guess I DM a little bit more. So on the, on the topic of art, because I know that you are an artist. This is such a foundational piece of who you are. How do you manage creating art? Because I know you still create art every once in a while, maybe. And being a Spaces host and then doing your, you know, your, your everyday job with it being a consultant. And then, you know, you're, you're also a wife, right? You're, you're engaged. Yes. You're a wife. Okay. I'm yes. a wife. Yes. And his name was uh, Darwin. Is that right? Yes. yes. So... Between all, like, because like I said before, you are a very busy woman. How do you manage all of that? Like, do you have any time management tips for people? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Time management is the bane of my existence. (laughs) Um, I'm not perfect. I usually, I feel like things are burning down all the time in my mind. But uh, I'm just trying to do my best, to be honest. I'm still trying to find the best way to, like, balance everything. Um, but um, I honestly, one of my big goal is to do more art in the 2024. I really haven't done much art um, this year. I would say almost none. Only sketched a little bit. Uh, didn't really create any art. Um, so I relate to that on a side note. I relate to that. Yes, absolutely. I really did not do any, I would say. Um, and what really kept me happy this year was I have a lot of students that I help that are going to the art industry. And then I help them with their portfolios and their artwork. And yesterday we were, you know, really grinding because um, it's the application season now for yeah. colleges. And uh, just here are a couple of things that we are, we worked on like kind of like last night or uh, I don't know if you can show. Oh. But we have paintings and then we have illustrations, paintings, and just like a lot of different things. So uh, these, these, being around art made me happy, even though I'm not creating I'm art. Creating so yeah, I'm helping them create them. So I help them concept, concepting them, um, you know, build the process and everything. And that makes me really happy. And I think the act of creating makes me really happy. So I guess I transfer that to my students for this year. And the goal next year is to do more myself. But we'll see. <laughs> Um, 
for my families that I um, I really wanted to basically have a lot of my time with them, like an individual time. So I with X is like my passion project. So try to balance that productivity with my time with my family uh, is very important because uh, a lot of things I still like to cook, I still like to bake. So these are all creating as to me. So um, family time is yeah, so important. It's, it's so important. And I, my heart goes out to those. Balanced. It does. It does. My yes. heart goes out to those who don't have that experience because I know it's we're in a very chaotic time. And some people don't have the best of parents or even grandparents. I mean, you and I have connected over a shared loss of a grandmother. Uh, so how would you, this kind of leads into my next question that I've had prepped for you. Um, what advice could you give to those struggling with grief and uncertainty in life? because you have had a lot of grief and uncertainty. Yes. I love this question, Zach. Um, I have been through definitely a couple big griefs moments in my life. And it's not easy. And what I turn now to um, interpret it is like, I, I guess I will be pretty bad with saying goodbye to for me like I, I I deal with I really deal badly with saying goodbye either with like a friend or a loved family member or maybe a past relationship like I don't like having able to lose a connection with somebody you built uh, something with and in my mind selfishly with if it's a, a death I would like to believe that they're always around me. <laughs> so I still talk to them a lot. <laughs> um, it sounds crazy, but um, I would like to believe they are like watching me still and then they are still know all what I'm doing. Um, so I just, I just believe that they're still there or at least, at least I pretend to be. And then that helps me a lot with um, the hard times and it helps me with not feeling lonely. And I think that is really nice, just carrying their spirit with you. And then whenever they have like, you have any struggles and things, I try to think what my grandma would do and what my older mentor who had passed away would, I would say, say to those situations. And I try to like take their wisdom and their spirit, spirit with me on like the way I made my decisions and live and just kind of embodying them a bit more um that's how i deal with it uh what do you think jack that is, how do you feel about that that is such a beautiful way about looking at grief kind of you never necessarily have to say goodbye if they're always with you potentially in a you know a different realm like the spirit world or something but you know i've had a couple experiences with grief that uh, grandmothers specifically i lost two of them uh, in about the same week and that that was something I never really talked about and I didn't know how, right? Like not really great at the whole uh, being vulnerable online thing. So because of our, my conversation with you, I've tried to encompass that a lot more, like be, become yeah. one with that vulnerability a lot more because people are so, that's a shared experience that everybody has. It's a part of being a human being. So I, I think like, I think I think the same way as you, like I try to embody mm. them, but a lot of times it's, uh, it's more like, how, how would I make them proud? And yeah. not necessarily like they're, I carry them with me, but, um, I've had a few moments where it's almost like there's a, a couple signs and some people are like, oh, like that doesn't exist. But then yeah. it's just such a crazy experience when you do get signs of them still being around and it almost gives you like goosebumps, like, whoa. Yeah. And you know, it's almost like that is a moment for you. Like you don't necessarily need to share that with anybody, but that's a moment for you to realize yeah. like there is something beyond like our comprehension and our, fa our ancestors and our family members who pass on. It's almost like their love is still lingering. Yeah. It's crazy because I actually connected with a um, hypnotherapist online uh, last month. And she introduced to me the idea of there's a form of hypnotherapy where uh, you're able to see the spirits of the, the, the deceased really? and uh, we're supposed to do an online session with my grandparents and we haven't done it yet because i have never had that experience before Is, are you um, a little scared 
You're those, I feel scared nervous. and nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I would too. I definitely would too. Yes, yes. I definitely. I'm. Ex- I feel so excited, and I feel curious, and I also have feel scared and nervous for yeah. sure. I think you should do it. And you think I should do it? <laughs> well, the question is, you should do it if you believe that you haven't had the closure that you necessarily needed. But I mm. also would be like, maybe you don't need to do it if you have closure. Yes, that's a big thing for me too. So when my, um, I was brought up by my grandparents. So when they passed, actually my grandma passed away first and then my grandpa passed away, I think two weeks later. Um, it's almost like the, I, we all felt like she, he did not tell us any of that, but we all felt like that uh, sense of loss and emptiness in the home when my grandma uh, passed away he really felt it spiritually or something because his health was okay back then. But then two weeks soon after, he also passed. So um, during those two weeks, I was in the United States. So I wasn't back home in China. And then that was during my last weeks of college application. So I was not able to fly back and spend the last moments with them. And I wanted to fly back so badly. And I remember I was talking on the phone with my mom and she, she just said, it's just a better... I, at least at the moment, I just deal with what I have to deal with, like with the applications, right? It's really a big moment for me. Um, but then, so in the end, I did not have the last, the chance to say goodbye to them and had the last words to them. So my mom still had videos of the last moments on video and sent to me on my phone. I, I think I think I have them, uh, had, I had them in my phone, like photo album, those videos saved for more than like eight, nine years now. And I wasn't able to click on them because I'm just so scared of looking at them. You, you still I haven't watched them? I still yeah. haven't watched it because I'm scared. Of um, course, that is, that's, there's a lot of- uh, I feel know. like, yeah, I feel like I, I told you I, I, I really suck at saying goodbye. Yeah, so I guess different. I just don't want to face it, face it that like, oh my gosh, like in looking at the video, it's like so real because I wasn't, there and I didn't have the closure. So when this uh, hypnotherapist friend uh, kind of mentioned this to me, and I start thinking about maybe this is the time. Um, open up so those maybe videos. I don't know. I think yes. so. I think a lot of like the the fear there is, um, is that you are like we're all bound to die. We all live in mortal life, but a lot of us, as many as a as many people as there are on this planet. There are certain individuals who believe like they can do absolutely anything and everything with their lives. They have a larger than life personality. And those types of individuals are needed to advance human civilization, technology, and overall elevate the well-being of many. But I think those individuals are also the ones that struggle with confrontation of their, their finitude, their human ability to approach limitations. So my piece of advice and i've been writing about it quite a bit is that you need to realize that you are experiencing time rather than you you own time like you don't you don't own any of the time you have and so like you know this is pretty cliche but you could die tomorrow and you wouldn't have watched those videos that would have provided you closure or maybe a sense of relief because maybe it's been taking up uh mental real estate or real estate in your heart and it's it could be a blockage potentially because you know you haven't acknowledged that this was something that your mother wanted you to see or maybe it was a way to not sure how i would this is a it's a really complex topic that you just kind of right so thank you thank you for being vulnerable enough to share that with me because if i so i found out one of my grandmothers died on facebook and that was really harsh. It was on yeah. Facebook and I was all alone and, you know, it was, everybody was working. It was in the middle of the day. I think it was like 2 p.m. on a rainy afternoon. And I found out that my, the grandmother that pushed me into art, she passed away and nobody had told me. I found out through like a family member's Facebook post who was pretty much, you know, experiencing it with my grandfather. And so it was, it was really difficult. It was really like, yeah ouch, how do I feel in this moment? And so if somebody would have recorded it and potentially sent it to me, 
I think it would have made things worse, but I also think in mm. later in life, like as some time had passed, it would be almost a memento to remember them yeah. and their essence. But I think that's a complex, that is a very complex yeah. topic for uh, people who are uh, so limited in their perspective of the world. We all have blind spots. And so some people may say that's probably the worst thing you could do for your emotional health, but it might be good for your soul. But, you know, as an artist, we kind of understand this. It's like the deepest emotions are the ones that would make memories, yes. lasting memories. Yes. Whatever is hurt or love or whatever, manic. Um, and like that hurt, like that might made the most impact. And that just momentum, like you said, um, you, you do, I have so I have artworks made about my grandma because yeah. of that period yeah. a lot. I have there, a lot of there is some photography I've made because of grandma, and you know, yeah. it's a it's a way to heal yourself and almost leave a legacy behind for them in your own mind. But maybe piece of advice you don't have to take it. Maybe in twenty twenty four, your goal can be open up those videos watch them and experience the, the feelings to their full extent and then create art. Oh, you know, when you just talked about it, I was like, what if I just watched them tonight after I finish everything? But I like the idea of creating art right after it, uh, right, right yeah. afterwards of it. So, or watch them tonight, you know, to rip the bandaid off. Okay, I will watch them tonight and I report back to you. <laughs> yeah, well, I wish you the best of luck, my friend. Oh, oh you're giving me chills. I really, you know, I, I still have them on my iCloud. I think it was like um, around like seven videos, seven wow. videos of my grandma with my brother at the hospital. Um. You know those like iCloud videos where like you can't really actually click on and watch it because it's been saved to the That's iCloud and have to like yeah. click it and have to load that thing up and then you have to Ooh, like that is... watch them to load and then you this is the anticipation of like a good movie right like the the the, um, the, the uh, advertising That's whatever. like the anticipation of uh, tears like you were gonna, <laughs> there's no way you're not gonna cry your eyes out. I'm gonna that. I'm gonna be on my bed and I'm gonna have my tissues like ready. You know, I'm gonna take my makeup off. I'm just, just, gonna be like, just tell your husband, be like the moment. I, I got on a podcast today and now I'm doing something I've been putting off. So put it putting off emotional grief with Emma and Zach. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think maybe <laughs> Maybe maybe make it. a whole ritual out of it. Like get uh get the canvas out, get some paints, maybe do like a, a black and white painting of just how does that make you feel right after it? Or or don't, maybe meditate on it for a little bit. And that's that's just so complex. So what like what would the advice be to your your younger self in this situation? Maybe the moment that my younger self who received the videos that who wouldn't <laughs> open them up. <laughs> Open them up right away. Um, yeah, I think just just give yourself the time and the time and yourself, like giving yourself the love and honor to carve out a piece of time for yourself and just be with nature, be with yourself and just um, honoring those emotions and just take time to work through them instead of like, I'm, I mean, emotionally putting it off or just settling in a, in a different way. Maybe just fully, fully go ahead. Like just watch everything, uh, immerse yourself with everything. Because I remember when I was in my emo teenage years, you know, when you're going through this like emotional yeah. first, like you just listen to all the sad songs, like all the emotionally like triggering songs that's like edgy and just fast, at least for me, <laughs> maybe not for you. But I, I was, oh like, no, I went through it. Those, yeah emotions of like oh my gosh this is how you like experience through a breakup even though i never had a relationship as a teen right oh this is how like a, a lost love would feel uh would feel so um do the same thing like passing those things and just like cry yourself out and 
I'm trying to channel my teenage years right now. Would you consider yourself an emotionally intelligent person? I think I'm not bad. Definitely not a bad emotional intelligent person, but I think I'm doing okay on that. You think you're doing okay. I, yeah. There was a tweet I had a while back, and it was, uh, emotional intelligence is the highest return on investment skill you can have in relationships. Oh. Yeah. Mm. And, and it's very true, because there's so many really complex circumstances you can get into with other individuals. And so mm. just having the tools necessary, I think, is what, like, emotional intelligence is almost what makes us into adults. And some people never learn that. Oh, I love this topic, because... Right now, well, well, I kind of like done it in different ways, but um, with my students nowadays, with I'm dealing with like Gen Zs and Gen Alphas, um, it's, it's. I found more and more people struggling with it. Maybe they don't even notice they are like a post COVID kind of era. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. and I just see maybe me coming from like more a social country, like in China, everything is about relationship connections and you place a lot of importance in your social skills because it will directly coincide with your career advancement and things like that so um kind of like put more kind of attention to it but when i came here a lot of my students they are suffer from not like suffer from there's different things that we can come out of that but like as social a teacher, anxiety. yeah and also just things that i can see like the way they operate in the world, maybe just not being fully aware or obviously mental um, mental issues can hinder them a lot in terms of their happiness, uh, their confidence, and maybe opportunity being presented to them. Um, maybe it's just we're, we're just not aware, which I'm, I, I really, I do relate to them on that front. So um i do how i do i don't know how to introduce this topic to them because it's such a so you're you're making a, a conscious effort to almost take note of each of your students and their ability to interact with the world around them because exactly. that almost directly correlates to the art that they're creating exactly okay so i would somebody who came in who is uh i wouldn't say like i would see like maybe in our one hour conversation that she did not say maybe more than two words. She did not uh, interact with us. She uh, kind of feel really stiff. Um, she uh, did not have uh, maybe the, the normal manners that you're expecting in a social situation. Was she, was she scared, would, would you say? Yeah, I think there are a lot of mental blockages and things yeah. that happen inside, right? A lot of emotions where I would take note, but then later on in classroom, we will like slowly introduce things to the student um, to encourage them to express themselves a little more, start mm-hmm. to interact with us in the student teacher basis, that like social filial kind of like interactions um, and start to interact with other students, not afraid of to show their work. So like, we're going to start introducing slowly, like have them ease them into it. And hopefully by the end of the year, uh, they'll become a very, very different person, at least compared to when we first met them. I love that. So being a teacher is definitely, it's always been in the back of my mind. It's like, oh, I'd love to teach or help youth accelerate their abilities, mindset, um, and just perspective on the world within art itself, because art is such a therapeutic thing for dealing with all the negativity in the world. But you're doing the thing right now, Emma, and this is just a testament to your character. I said earlier, you're doing the thing in your uh, personal endeavors, and you're also doing it in your professional endeavors, which... That's so great. Like you are who you say you are. So on that note, I would love to see more of your students' artwork because they have such a quality input of a teacher. So maybe make like a whole little docu-series about the artwork that your students have created because that is it's really interesting to hear about it because the world needs more teachers, specifically art teachers, in my opinion. Where do you think I can put them? Like, should I do it in a thread? How I, should I, I, I engage would. with that? I definitely would. And, and maybe use like, I wouldn't necessarily say fake names, but maybe use some sort of um, like f- group them based off of the emotions you believe like each child is feeling. I mean, mm. it's kind of like you're te- teetering the edge of like if they actually want to be shared and if they can, but if it's your work and your students are okay with it, 
it could be really beneficial for their mental health to see the support on a platform like X from all these, like from your audience. Because I mean, and it's, it's kind of strange. Like I don't, I don't go out of my way to tell people that I'm a creator on X or that I write content and then people find it and they really resonate with it. And you can have a profound effect on a lot of people's lives by leveraging the digital landscape. So that could be a thing that increases the confidence in some of those students who are maybe great artists, but don't think it because that imposter syndrome is constantly rampaging no matter. Yeah. It's almost like you have to defeat the monster every single day. Yes. And artists, um, as young artists, right? Teens are already very self-conscious. Yes. Um, it's scary thing to share your work, but you know, they can't blame me on me (laughs) if I share them. Yes. But, um, but it could be good for the artist image in their head. Both of us, we know, we we will feel so good about the people who like that work, actually, to be yes, honest. But yes. there can be a lot of internal struggle beforehand. Uh, maybe I can start a new account or just share it under a thread that I update periodically and anonymous work. Would you say um, it's a big part of your life? Uh, having students yes. producing our work? Yes, I think so. Because yeah. I do believe... Um, I'm still trying to find out the best ways of like, helping students to become creatives and artists because in the United States, it's not the easiest thing no, to do. No, it is not. But I believe in fully believing art and then art should be advocated and not diminished of its value for our world. And people understand it or not, appreciate it or not, it has such a profound value and just healing uh, and o- almost societal you know, societal influence in a way that really can, you know, it's a form of entertainment and we all it love is. that. Um, what, what would be fun out in the world? There's no art. Yes, and absolutely. Art would, or the life would not be great without art. It's what gives it would be miserable. life meaning in a way. But we would Emma, all be miserable. I have loved chatting with you. Um, I'm going to have to wrap up. We're getting close to an hour here. But anyways, is there any place you want me to redirect the audience to or any final message you want to chat with the audience about yes um i would love for anyone uh, of you who would like to learn more about my journey in um my personal experience in transforming my education journey in the united states coming from china and how i help more students uh, achieving their goals um, you can check out that on my uh, x page which is at emma t chang at on x um, i'll, I'll link is, it in the you, show notes yeah. you'll link it amazing amazing and let's check out more of my spaces series with creators and uh, really really cool individuals yes they're they're pretty awesome you know it's uh it's been a blast once again but emma thank you for taking the time and having the patience to come on the show, you know, even after a reschedule and another reschedule. So I really appreciate it. And thanks for the the raw authenticity with that chat that we just had. That was pretty great. I feel really moved after this. But anyways, guys, this is the way we capture podcast with our guest, Emma Chang. This is been a, this has probably been one of my favorite episodes so far. So we're going to, uh, be heading out here we're almost at an hour so if you enjoy the show please leave a five-star rating on apple podcasts or spotify it really helps out the show it's a zero cost way to support me and anyways guys stay creative and if you want to learn more about creativity you know emma and i will have our socials down below bye stay creative thank you zach